0: just to to let you know um Brittany and I kind of like we don't we kind of go off script and just kind of like uh our our vibe is kind of like raw like we kind of just go with it Mm -hmm. we don't have a plan Mm -hmm. we don't have an outline we kind of just like see where it goes and like normally it's it's better than if we try to like plan something because it's natural and whatever so like I feel like, I felt like you would be totally cool with that, but I'm just letting you know, like, that's kind of what we do, like, we don't, we just kind of, like, see where it goes.
1: you so, speak in my your language, you're speaking my language.
0: Perfect. Oh, my so, doesn't gosh.
1: not that look amazing? Yeah. Oh, yes, I love it. I love are those, it. Um, what are those called again? The, uh, ghost those pipe. mushrooms? Oh, yeah, yeah, ghost pipe. Ghost pipe. pipe. Yeah. Wow. Beautiful. I love that. Yeah. I'm, I'm all for the improvisation. That's how I live. That's how I choose to interact with spirit. Cause that's when it happens. It doesn't happen through, okay, we're going to do this, this, this sequential order and present right. this information. And No, nah, I'm good.
2: <laughs> I do think Courtney, you know what I've decided? We don't have a lot of guests, but I think that I've decided that, um, guess I'm going to ask a certain question.
0: Okay. Yeah. yeah, you can I have that.
1: questions in mind, and then you'll be like, "Okay, now is the time for this question."
0: Right. Yeah. But then,
1: that. yeah, it's streams. You're just streams of consciousness. Where are we gonna go next? Just, just let it happen. Get into the flow.
0: So I know so. we want to get into like the alien thing because that's kind of like, <laughs> you know, I know we want to get into that, but I'll, I'm now I'm interested, Brittany. What question are you wanting to ask? Or do you not have have something in mind?
2: Oh, no, I do have something in mind. I've just been thinking about this because I've been asking everyone for the past, like, two weeks that I know about determinism and free will and Mm. what people's view is on that. And I have kind of, like, my own uh, thing that I've kind of realized about it, and so I'm just thoroughly interested in every single person's point of view on determinism and free will i've been asking every single person that's magic this is
0: something them. we've been having like major discussions about lately but before mm-hmm. we get into some before we get into stuff first of all we should probably tell people who you are yeah you, who so do, you wanna, do you want to do you i don't know so like um do you want to like introduce yourself a little bit or like? Tell yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. I can do that. So my earth name is Daniel and I was born in the year 1990 at a very pivotal time for human consciousness and energy. And I was given this name. It's a biblical name. I grew up as a child of a pastor you know, in church and playing music in church so at a very early Uh, way of interfacing with energy and with God, though in a religious sense, and fast forward into probably about 2015, I had an opportunity and a calling to work with ayahuasca, and it was just this absolute opening of my um, divine self, as I like to call it, and it turned me into a vessel and a portal for divine wisdom to come through me, and since then, I am still Daniel, but in a a sense, I'm a much higher version of Daniel that's beyond duality, that's beyond fear. And so now I find myself here meeting all these amazing people, doing holistic wellness therapy. I'm a personal trainer. I'm a musician. I'm a creator of many, many different forms. And I like to think of myself as a fully embodied being, one that inspires others to do the same, And I had the pleasure of meeting Courtney through Sean and Cass's podcast and going to space camp together and um, having such an amazing, fun time doing the work, like the work, right? The divine work and being available to the divine will and being available to this mission and this path. And so that's that's kind of who I am. There's, there's a lot more other things. I do a lot of things, like, quote, unquote, do. But I think that it's the, the non-doing, the the being present in the moment, which is who I truly am. And so yeah. I'm so psyched to be here on Astro Chat and to be getting going with y'all. So. Oh, my
0: gosh. Thank you so much for being with us. Like, we really yeah. – I've been excited to have you on for a while. So –
1: Got to ring the bell for the goodness, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You said you did,
2: um, you had an ayahuasca journey. Um, Where did you do that?
1: Yeah, so I actually did this ayahuasca journey in Brooklyn, in Greenpoint, actually. And it was a complete synchronicity. And that's, if we want to talk about the free will thing, that's the first thing that, that comes to me is synchronicity. And what usually happens is... You put out an intention you put out what you need in your own spiritual path and things are presented to you in a way that you can choose to partake or not and usually when you say yes you're guided toward what you truly need and in that moment i was calling me mother earth was calling me and so a friend of mine actually went on the app meetup and typed in the word ayahuasca and the first thing that i saw was teacher plants of nyc and a friend of mine uh, was, is actually a medicine brewer and who knows the, tra- the traditions, who is a musician, who guides in such a beautiful way. And from there, I met so many other people that were instrumental into my development and into my becoming who I am now. And there's, if you're familiar with the medicine ayahuasca, it's a very, very good teacher, albeit a hard one. And there was a moment where at first I didn't feel the medicine and then I purged and immediately went into a completely other three-dimensional fractal dimension. And once that happened and I came back to this reality, okay, I knew that there was much more overlaid on top of this physical reality in a way that is felt and not as much thought about. And... So I can never really say enough about it. If anybody listening feels called to it there, just allow yourself to put that inquiry out there and you will find the opportunity and it'll lead you to more incredible opportunities.
2: Plant medicine is something that um, we've talked about before. Um, And Mm -hmm. I was just curious, you're the second guest that we have. So the person that did our um, podcast art, Nick, he um, talked about he spent uh, what was it like a month, Courtney, in Peru yeah. um, doing not only ayahuasca, but it was another thing that I forget also that was kind of like along the same lines. And mm-hmm. he told us about that. So I'm interested in plant um, uh, plant medicine specifically. And then I also wanted to ask you, have you ever um, worked with ghost pipe?
1: Um, that's a great question. Ghost pipe. I'm familiar with it. I haven't worked with it directly as a medicine. I might have had some in a cacao ceremony, but it wasn't directly with it individually. I would love to know more. And plant medicine, I think, is a part of what has been really coming through me, which is something that I really wanted to present today on this podcast, which will be the first time I've really mentioned this, which was that at Space Camp 2021, I had the download, upload of my incarnation. And it it is so powerful that I feel called to share it with everyone because we're all in tune with what it is that I'm going to share. And, And that is that the intelligence that is causing the rain to fall outside my window, that is allowing us to breathe without thinking or to experience life in a way that you can't really comprehend that's an intelligent force and it is the original intelligence it's not an intellectual human intelligence it is a divine intellect and awareness and that awareness spoke to me so directly and so intimately and what it told me was that i'm the avatar of the earth and i have come to help every single human being or as many as I can, achieve their Avatar self and to be able to embody at that high level. And it was, uh, I was just crying and, and holding that love because if you have seen Avatar The Last Airbender, that cartoon I watched as a kid, and there is so much truth in that cartoon that it almost seems like it couldn't really be because it's so pure. And so we'll really talk about chakras on there. You got 11 year old kids learning about chakras and about detachment and all of these Buddhic wisdoms. And so now I find myself stepping into that. And then the most recent download that kind of encapsulates it was at the Grateful Dead concert that I went to with Sean and Cass uh, at City Field. And the original intelligence communicated the next piece was that i am to start or begin the original intelligence school of metaphysics and that i'm going to begin offering this real-time knowledge it's not going to be something that is a curriculum that i've pre-planned out maybe i'll have some ideas but it has to be in the moment for me because that's where the divine truly lies it doesn't lie in some Future or past, although it can be known through them, it's known right here, right now, when you kind of surrender and allow it to be what it is. And I am just so excited. I don't know, well, I do. I know what the next steps are, but I, I'm not going to necessarily think about what the next steps are. And so I'm broadcasting this message so that if anybody wants to help me with this or has ideas for me or is inspired, please reach out to me. And I'll I'll share all my info at the end so that we can all stay in touch. And um, yeah, uh, what do you think of that? How does that sit on your energetic template when you hear that? I'm curious. Now I'm gonna ask you a question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. I think that's awesome. Like I can totally see you doing that. You have, I don't know. You just, you have this vibe about you that I feel like you have this wisdom, like, beyond your years, if that makes sense, and, like, I don't know, I just, I remember you talking about that, that download at Space Camp, and just being, like, yes, like, and I remember sitting there thinking, like, this is a big deal, this is, like, larger than you realize that it is right now in this moment, and it's just, like, a ripple effect, like,
1: Mm -hmm. leading you
0: to so many more things, um, that you're going to do with Mm -hmm. that. So it makes so Mm -hmm. much sense to me. Uh, and I think that that's amazing. Thank you. I,
2: so when you talked about that, um, higher divine knowledge, so when I, uh, the way that I experience that, I kind of see it as, um, the eighth dimension. And so when I'm doing clearings, I will, ground people into that divine knowledge, and that's where it looks like it's stemming from to me. Is that how you see it, or do you see it differently?
1: Yeah, it's, there's so many ways you can see it, because it's multi-dimensional, it's omnidimensional, it's omnipresent, it's all of the things that you could describe as a god, but I think the G-O-D label is very limiting in some ways, because it has it's so steeped in historical religion and dogma. And so it's kind of a, a new way of, of describing what can't be described. And eighth dimension is, is a great way of looking at it. I feel, and I, I like to describe it through nature because that is how it manifests, right? That's the, the the physical manifestation of this intelligence is that all things seemingly, or not even seemingly, but they do coalesce in these, just uh, most magnificent patterns without any effort seemingly everything happens right the ants are building their their nests and the the birds are know exactly where to go to mate they're flying hundreds of thousands of miles you know the ocean currents are all it how could you how could we not see it and it has it becomes so so um present that it almost doesn't exist to us in the mental frame of mind because the only way to sense it is through the heart space and through the energy field. It's a very subtle power and energy. And what I like to encourage everyone to do is how do you feel it? And then if everyone feels it in a different way, then we all can have this omnidimensional experience of that intelligence.
2: It's interesting you say manifest just because eight, Uh, eight is uh, a number of manifestation. So Mm I found that interesting. So I did want to ask you, how do you feel about uh, when it comes to you, this is a two part question. How do you feel about determinism and free will? Meaning Mm -hmm. uh, what, what do you think applies to you? And do you think that applies Mm -hmm. to everyone also? Or do you think it's (laughs) individual?
1: Determinism is an interesting one, right? The free will piece. Now, I like to think about it this way, and this is the guides that have taught me this, is that everything is an idea. It's a concept. It's something that is presented and can be either attached to and given meaning or let go and released. So if you subscribe to an idea that every move in your life is determined by an external force, then that will be your experience. But if you believe that every choice that you make is from your own autonomy as a divine being, you'll then have that experience as well. And I personally choose the latter because it gives me that actual sense of freedom. And that's where synchronicity comes into play again, synchronicity is a word that describes what cannot be described, like the Tao, for example. And a great example of this was I missed the train going to a gathering yesterday, right? And I had to wait an extra 10 minutes. I heard a man singing a song, I heard him sing, uh, singing, Keep Forgetting. I keep forgetting. I'm in love anymore.
0: Oh. <laughs> and I was like,
1: dude, that song is so good. I love that I song. I love that song. And it turned out, yeah, that's a great classic song. And I just followed my intuition. Go talk to that guy. And so I did. And he ended up being this really cool costume designer for Broadway. And he was also a classical musician. And we had this incredible conversation that I never would have had otherwise had I actually caught the train that I thought I was going to, Right. And it's these, so I I use metaphors. Metaphors are one of the greatest ways to help us understand because it's an image. It's a a way that you can put something in your third eye. And your ego self is not going to attach as much to images as it is to frameworks and structures. The child self really is the one that resonates with imagery because when you're a kid, you're clairvoyant, right? So it's this clairvoyance. So if I introduce this imagery then you're gonna be able to understand at a much deeper level of consciousness. And so the metaphor I like to use is breadcrumbs, right? Breadcrumbs or little a little pathway. So your, your higher self, your divine self or your true self is the one that is leaving you these breadcrumbs, these synchronicities that's guiding you along the way in the physical plane. It's like fairy dust, you sprinkle, sprinkle the fairy dust. You follow those little moments And you're gonna meet people, you're gonna have conversations. Again, it's always about this manifestation from the causal plane to the physical plane. And so in that sense, I know that I am freely in my will, but that my will is actually a reflection of the divine will. That's the true marriage that happens. So it's not like I'm just an individual person and my will is completely controlled by me exclusively. No, it's actually a mirror of the high frequency of all that is and of our source and where we come from. And that completely radically changes how we embody. And it changes that idea of determination. So I hope that answers your question. That's just kind of what flow is flowing and what kind of makes sense for me. It's a sync, right? Synchro, synchronicity. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool.
3: <laughs>
1: I like questions. Questions are the I for I feel questions are a superpower because if you ask the right questions, you're gonna get answers that you never really realized could even come out of you. So right. yeah, so I love I love good questions. so please keep asking.
0: <laughs> I really liked what you talked about the experience that you had like when you missed the train and then you had an yeah. experience. That was totally because I'm, and also like linking that with what you said about nature, like nature Mm -hmm. and animals are so good about being present and Mm -hmm. being in flow state so much more than we are because we are so attached. We are so, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. we want to be in control of everything. Right. And so Mm
3: -hmm. if we
0: can let go of that control and be present and be in that flow state and allow it to take us,
3: Mm -hmm. On
0: the ride of like what we've intended, but not necessarily in the way that we uh, necessarily think it's going to manifest, right? So yeah, it's,
3: yeah, yeah.
0: And then we can enjoy, enjoy our experience so much more, right? Um, than if we're having to try to control every little thing, which is kind of like fear-inducing in a way as well, right? And so, it, like, it I is. really it is. I liked. Uh, I like the analogy of those two things like kind of mm-hmm. like you know you're trying to make this train but you know you ended up having an even cooler experience if you just let go of
1: of the right. control of what you're trying to do so and, and all yeah. of what you just said has to do those sh- shoulds those shoulds or coulds those are ideas again based in history right and the, that history is what we identify with. So right. if you are identifying from a place of the the small self is what my guides teach me. It, it's called right our our fear based self, our separate self yes. from all that is. You're going to continue to to tend toward this precautionary lifestyle, which is based in self preservation, which is a natural human thing, right? The amygdala are um, our gland in our brain, the amygdala, is kind of like the, the security measure. It's the, the alarm system. So when you see someone you don't know and there's an opportunity to talk to them, what happens? Your heart starts racing. Am, am I going to get rejected? Am right. I – is this, is this going to put me in a weird situation, right? But if you know that the amygdala can hijack you, that's actually a thing. It's a fear hijacking. And if you change that into the thymus, like the heart gland, and then you also change it to the pineal gland and you bring those into resonance, that amygdala doesn't need to do that anymore. And you can actually down regulate it and be like, hey, it's okay, it's all right. And I'm actually choosing, I'm self-determining in this moment, I'm not gonna miss out on an opportunity because I think something might happen hypothetically. So I think we right. all miss out on these beautiful, incredible, wonderful situations because think, we project. Sorry, we project no, no. onto this this future happening, this future thing, and then right. we look back. Whether maybe it's um, a potential mate or somebody that we find attractive, like what if you just go up and, and start a conversation with them or try to resonate with them? there can open up thousands of other doors, right? It's doors. It's, it's right. hallways and doors, right? So that's how I see it. You, if you pick a door and you trust yourself, you're going to be led into maybe a beautiful garden. But you never would have known if you didn't try, if you didn't go through it. Right.
2: It'd be really interesting um, to me to see science so They've shown when there is excessive trauma in the childhood of a a rat, um, that their amygdala is actually a lot larger than Mm -hmm. a regular rat. And so I'd be interested in uh, seeing techniques uh, Mm. to actually shrink that amygdala back Mm -hmm. to a normal size to benefit people who have trauma.
1: Uh And that's a great point. And the reason why it's bigger is inflammation, right? That's what's coming to me. It's inflamed because our body stress response, when there's stress, there's external pressure to survive. Your body is going to take blood and nutrients away from vital organs and pump blood toward things that are upregulated for self-preservation, like your leg muscles, your amygdala, your arms, or whatever it is, if you're getting ready to fight. And that becomes our normal day-to-day spot, our day-to-day experience. So through intention, we can do all things. We can do anything. So if you sit in meditation and you say, I am reducing all inflammation in my body, and furthermore, I'm choosing to allow my amygdala to down-regulate or to become more relaxed and turn on a parasympathetic nerve response, That's what's going to happen, and we have to know that it's already happening just by that level of awareness. And so as a holistic health practitioner myself, I find that we become so dependent on uh, doctors, experts, studies. All those things are wonderful ways to affirm scientific facts but at the end of the day we have to use our own empirical wisdom our own logic our own sense of awareness around okay what do i know right now and what can i connect the dots with because it's always about a lot of us have this this disparate knowledge of a lot of different things because of the internet and the age of information but we know a lot of little things about a lot of things instead of Being able to connect all of these ideas because there is no separating everything. We have to merge all ideas back together because, as we know, it's all one anyway. It always has been. So, stuff that's seemingly um, completely separate, like neuroscience and um, eating, right? Those or food, those two things are connected. How can we recreate this framework of? Um, meshing and, and re it's like DNA, you know? Two strands of DNA are they are technically separate, but they're connected by this spindle, right? It's this um this twine this twine, this um this thread, right? So how do we reweave that tapestry of knowledge through receiving it from the original intelligence? See? There was
2: um a study, uh do you know who William Hoff is?
1: William Hoff? I know who Wim Hof is.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I meant. Sorry, Wim Hof.
1: Wim uh, Hof, there you go. <laughs> uh,
2: sorry, I'm a ninety percenter. I get it almost right
1: every time. <laughs> um, it's all right.
2: Uh, so anyway, he uh, did a study where he was injected with E. Coli. Um, yeah. And then uh, I think it was like within fifteen minutes, he had. Um, they tested and he didn't have it in his body anymore. And mm-hmm. he actually, he changed uh, the way that science was uh, seen and the data was taken in its relationship to the breath with that
1: study. Mm-hmm. Um, what,
2: what can you say about breath in the body?
1: Mm-hmm. First of all, Wim Hof is one of my absolute heroes. This guy has done so much for bringing us into our true power as human beings as avatars because if you see what he what he's doing you can't refute what he's doing you know that what he's doing is legitimate and real and so i started practicing wim hof breathing a couple of years ago as well along with kundalini which are very similar you know one is is much older than the other and wim hof took that and he t- took it in his own direction and kind of repurposed it for everyone to be able to tap into this sacred wisdom. And what happens when you start breathing is what we talked about before, which is the downregulation of stress response, which puts you into safety, a safe place within yourself internally. If you can do that as a forefront to your practice, healing then becomes the residual bonus effect of that because you can't heal if you don't feel sick. And that's why a lot of people are struggling nowadays because of the amount of fear that's rampant, the amount of disinformation that's being shared. And when you breathe and you breathe deeply, let's do one together. How about that? Ready? One, two, three. Hold. One breath can change your day, can change your life, and the minute that you start breathing with intention, then you're opening up an entirely new bag of tools because there are unlimited ways of breathing. Right, you got prapu bhati breathing, um, which is, I believe, nostril breathing, you have breath of fire or nanda mandala. Right, the ancient yogis they figured it out, they have the whole system right at our very fingertips that we can learn from. And what we know is that the air that we breathe does not actually have that much oxygen. We have to breathe a number of times to actually get the oxygen that we need. And when you start to, and this is what Wim Hof does, is he holds on the exhale, right? You're generating energy through... Full, powerful breaths, fully expanding your lungs. Your lungs are these big airbags or air sacs, right, that can expand and contract. Now, this is where we get into biomechanics, which is very important. This is another area of my expertise, which is that if your musculature cannot support the expansion of your lungs, you're going to be at a deficit for oxygen because your your lungs are going to run into the the extremities of your rib cage because your rib cages aren't expanding enough and then on top of all that we're so mental mentally focused beings with our jobs and our lives that we're, we're breathing shallow all the time we are breathing at maybe a 5 to set, 5 to 10% capacity as opposed to an 100% capacity then the next phase would be that when you start breathing with intention and slowing down, your body can absorb more of the oxygen that it already has inside of your body. And this is what Moon does on the exhale. If you hold on the exhale, what does your body do? It goes into a fear response that says, "Uh, what are you doing? We kind of need some more air. You should probably breathe again. And that actually turns on a potential fear response that you are then regulating through staying calm in a fearful situation. And that leads to the oxygenation and the alkalinizing of your body, which if you get into an alkaline state and also a theta brainwave state, then you're gonna be able to quite literally do miracles and manifest at higher levels of frequency and hold more love and hold more safety and abundance. All those things are the residual effects of that breath. It's the original tool that we had, right? We came out of the womb. And we take that first big breath and then we scream, we yell, you know, we cry. So by tapping into the breath, we're tapping into one of the first gifts that we've ever been given in our physical form. And that's that's super powerful.
2: It's interesting that um, talking about fear in the shallow breath, because a lot of us um, in the community who see uh, programs, see fear in the lungs i know that um courtney myself and amy spicer have seen like fear programs that originate in the lungs Mm -hmm. so i found it interesting that you were relating that also to shallow breath because Mm. i i think that's definitely um poignant this is uh i don't know if anybody wants to go here and we can cut it out if you don't but i was just thinking about um fear being in the lungs, and then COVID being a disease of the lungs. And so, to me, it being representative Mm -hmm. of fear uh, in the mass public. What do you think, if you, uh, tell me what you think about that, and if if you agree with that, where do you think this fear is originating from?
1: Great question. We're not taking this out. This is important, because (laughs) a lot of people don't, I want to talk about it. A lot of people want to stay in the more ethereal stuff, the more spiritual stuff. But again, just as there is a consciousness that we can tap into on the higher frequency, there's also a collective fear consciousness that can be tapped into and that is pervasive. And this, whatever you want to call it, this sickness or this illness that is being spread and being pandered to the to the community in a fearful Way is the manifestation of that as well, and the lung aspect I find very interesting because without air, our blood cannot bring nutrients to the rest of our body. It's it's literally taking away one of our original freedoms of being able to breathe clean air and to feel safe and to feel nourished and it's it's really hard because man we we pollute our bodies with so many things and personally one of my journeys has been with um, cannabis and with um, particularly smoking cannabis and there have been times where I have been pretty dependent on it and it took a lot of changing that because I felt that my body would do was like all right guy, you gotta slow down the cannabis of this. it's a great medicine but you are actively hurting your body by putting too much carcinogens into your body right and then you think about what's happening with the wildfires out west in the United States and the fact that a lot of people around the world don't have clean air via pollution from cars and we only have so much air in on our planet right we only have so much that's being created by the, the flora and and the um the plants and so was going down right now with the media with the agenda i won't go too much into the agenda but those who know know there is a an entire agenda around how do we create a population that is not willing to see truth and is not willing to ask the deeper questions about um covid right and i the, the ventilators, right? The people that are actively experiencing a lot of pain around the JAB. And there's a lot going down that, that we're losing an awareness for that original intelligence that is our body, quite literally. And when you start to understand the immune system, what is the immune system? It is the ability for your body to recognize... External influences, living organisms, energies. Also, we have a spiritual immunity and an energetic immunity, and to be able to alchemize and neutralize and release that which is not actually serving your physical, healthy, living, God body. And I, I want us all to ask ourselves: How do I feel right now? <laughs> That's uh, a great way to start like how not how do i how did i feel a week ago but how do i feel now what does my body need how can i develop a deeper relationship with my energy body and how how can i set up defense mechanisms and energetic defense parameters through intention that will defend me and protect me from external forces or ideas or negative energies that would seek to recreate themselves in my energy field because that's what all fear seeks to do it seeks to recreate and so in my belief in my knowing the real v-i-r-u-s is fear (laughs) because fear is the the spiritual um the spiritual representation in the hierarchies of what this sickness or illness really is and there's um, the the fact that the idea that fact is up for debate. The idea that truth is up for debate around this is extremely hard because we're not willing to hear people anymore. A lot of a lot of us are shunning people. I went to a protest actually here in New York City. Around the, um, the VAXX mandates and. It was incredible to see people all together um, discussing and talking about this issue and one woman. I'll I'll actually I can send this video to you, so maybe you can share it, but this woman was a a Nazi um, Holocaust survivor. And she spoke at this rally and what she was saying was extremely powerful and palatable. or not necessarily as palatable for most people, but it's hard to hear, but what is happening right now mirrors the the phases that took place in that genocide. And a lot of people don't want to see it because if you see it, then that means that there's a lot you don't know. And your identity, your sense of self in society completely changes in an instant once you know that What's happening to humanity is nothing short of extremely traumatizing and fearful and scary. and But it's it's calling those of us forward who are ready to step into a higher level of power around our fortitude, around our ability to withstand this great change that's taking place before us. And it's making us better, I believe. It's making us much more resilient to this storm, right? There's a storm going on outside. And... People are running around screaming and being really scared, but we're holding that space for everyone. And so I wanna empower anyone who's listening to to know that you're loved whatever you're going through. Please don't let anyone pressure you into doing anything that is not right for your body, no matter what. There's there's a lot of uh, occupations that are forcibly getting people to partake in this massive experiment that's, that's happening around us. And there is nothing wrong with making your own choice, right? That's the free will piece that enlightened beings can respect because the minute free will is taken away, then you're trying to play God and it's not going to be something that your divine self is going to want for you. It's going to pull you away from creator and it's going to polarize you and separate you from our, our brothers, sisters, and siblings around the world. And so I'm just encouraging everyone to keep going, speak your, speak your truth, speak your light, and continue to call out and meet people of like vibration. Because if you're alone and you feel alone, you're going to get gaslit. You're going to think you're crazy, or maybe you don't know that. There are millions of people all over, billions of people around the world who are not letting this stand, who are not going to let this happen. We're not going to get our freedom taken away. And so... I'm just happy to be able to share that message.
2: I think it's interesting uh, and very the way that you said the free will aspect of it, because Courtney and I on this podcast have talked about how, you know, I was going to get the vaccine and she wasn't. And we were fine with that. But I find it where I get really concerned is where when I'm not allowed to um, even bring up a discussion around Mm -hmm. anything, that's Mm -hmm. it i get really nervous when i'm not allowed to question things it doesn't matter what that is and so i i think that's uh but even this i'm like nervous to Mm -hmm. even say that because Mm -hmm. i'm afraid people are gonna whatever they say and you know I don't care but I think it's more that um the polarity that's happening right now Mm -hmm. is so intense that Mm -hmm. I in no way want to add to that no matter which side it is Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. it it, to me um the more extreme and when we're not willing to sit and listen to someone else's opinion is Mm -hmm. where um is really where we get away from that unity consciousness because, in my opinion, to I, I was telling this to Courtney, um, I you know, to have that unity consciousness, I think that to grow as a soul, you have to have different points of view. So, I feel like we came, we all came here for individual experiences and then to learn from each other from those individual experiences. But when everyone is gaslit or shamed or whatever it is to uh, speak on whichever side that they want or just to be someone that's like, hey, I don't know, I actually respect both sides of this. It is rare right now and it can be really hard. And I think that a lot of people who share that same opinion as me are finding ourselves
0: being really quiet right now. Right? Oh. But if, if you're embodying your higher self, you would, you're would you never going to tell someone what they should do, but you would yeah. want them to have the space and the freedom to decide for themselves as a sovereign being, right? And you were talking about the agenda earlier. The agenda, I believe, you know, is here to keep people in that fear state, that, that flight or fight response, that, um, dysregulated, uh, nervous system because it's, it's it's easier to be controlled when you're in a fear-based state it's easier to be manipulated it's easier to be gaslit and then it's harder to wake up to divine consciousness or unity or all of these concepts and and embody your higher self you you can't do that when you're in fear and so mm-hmm. it it is polarity like we that is the agenda to divide us so that
3: you know mm-hmm. if people
0: are in my opinion but if you're embodying your higher self you would
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know you would be like it's like the balcony view that we talk about like mm-hmm. i'm going to show love mm-hmm. to all things and i'm never i'm not going to judge and i'm going to be um i'm never going to tell another autonomous being what they should do i'm going to hold space for all perspectives and all things right and so Mm -hmm. but how do we break people out of the matrix? How do we get people out of fear? Like, and I think that all of us that are awake, maybe like ahead of the masses or whatever you want to call it, are here to volunteer for Mm -hmm. that thing. And so like, how Mm -hmm. do we get people out of this dysregulated state? Because it is like constant fear, vibration being pumped Mm -hmm. at us
3: constantly.
0: Mm -hmm. And how do we combat Mm -hmm. that? And how do we, I mean, to me, I believe one of the, the biggest ways you can do that is just to live your truth and live in your embodiment of your higher mm-hmm. self and be an example to others in that way. And show mm-hmm. love and show, um, I don't know, just that you're embodying that mm-hmm. your sovereignty, I guess.
1: Absolutely. That's the beauty of it, Courtney. We're doing it right now. This is how we do it. We have conversations, we talk, right. we hear everyone, we make sure everyone feels heard, we make sure everyone feels seen, we make sure everyone is known, is knowing that they are loved and that they are held, no matter what they believe, no matter what they are thinking, right? And right. that's what Christ consciousness is. It's it's unconditional. There is no condition that would stop us from loving or, or being of service to someone. And a great example of that for me is the homeless, those that are living in society and who are largely seen as other, who are largely seen as separate, who are seen as dirty or sick or mentally ill, whatever the label may be. And the way that we treat our our family members who, who don't have a home, that's how we can really have a mirror for what our true level of consciousness is right how we treat one person is how we treat everyone and so what i like to do is i like to just see them even if i can't give them money a lot of people think that oh if i can't give them money i can't help them that is a complete lie because the minute you just walk by them without even paying attention to them like they're individual like they're that like they're invisible you are completely separating them from light when then the next person that you see that that might be someone that you admire that you look at with such adoration you are actually doing that person a disservice because if you look at the the homeless man and you look at the famous person as one being better than the other you're actively forwarding separation And why would we want to be a part of that? We don't really need that anymore. We're evolving beyond that. And so I encourage everyone to, if you see someone that's different than you, or if you see someone that you normally wouldn't talk to, just say hello to them. Like that that's the most simple act of love that anyone can ever do is to see another human being. And I've had so many instances where I wasn't able to give anyone money but I had a conversation with somebody and actively tried to be of service in some way, offering them uh, just a, a pleasantry or an idea or a thought. And I've had so many of them just say, wow, I am just I can't believe you stopped to talk to me or I can't believe that you, that you see me. And that's what our eyes, our higher eyes can do. They can see people in ways that they've never been seen before. Right. And what could be more beautiful than that? I don't, I don't know. Brittany
0: <laughs> and I talk about this a lot, like how we've spent the majority of our lives feeling unseen uh, mm-hmm. for who we truly are. And so mm-hmm. this is something that we've discussed at length. But mm-hmm. I feel like at the core of who we are, like as humans, that is our deepest, one of our deepest desires is to be seen, to feel seen and to feel loved and accepted Or who we truly feel that we are. And I feel like a lot of us maybe have felt very unseen. Um, Not so much now because we are connecting more with people that we feel safe to show our true selves to, right? That we feel safe enough to embody that. But that's a really good perspective as far as like everyone has that desire to feel seen and... The homeless mm-hmm. are probably the largest population of of the people that feel the most invisible which mm-hmm. makes me terribly mm-hmm. sad mm-hmm.
2: so i read a book in college uh and it was the it was written by um someone homeless and it was about his story and this man giving him a chance one of the things he talked about was exactly what you just said mm. is Um, is acknowledging them as people, uh, like means more than anything. And then also, so I live across the street um, from a park and close to a homeless center. And this is, I don't know if I've ever shared this before, but in my opinion, there have been uh, people that are homeless that I know 100% that I've passed. That are higher dimensional beings that are here to take stock of humans, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. that with every fiber in my being because I've passed them and I can look at them and I know exactly why they're here. And so,
0: uh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm, so I mm-hmm. I can
2: tell. Um, I just look at them and I can tell that they are. It's almost so. My dog is an an earth spirit that Mm. takes kind of stock of nature bugs things like that that are going on and kind of sends the those messages back up to um divine source as knowledge and so in my opinion i have seen some uh homeless people that are one i know i've seen my guides in them that they Mm. jump down
3: Mm -hmm. and
2: uh they use that type of avatar Uh so that they are hidden because people don't look at them And it's almost if you are looking in if you look at them, you're looking into the eyes of god Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's incredible It's incredible to see that but it takes a higher level of awareness to recognize that because Most of us are looking at the external shell as the way to judge the book by its cover or so to speak when the contents go beyond anything that we can truly understand with our our human mind. And when I look at every single person, I feel so called to witness them in their highest light and in their highest goodness and their highest love. And not only that, but see them beyond karma, see them beyond the karma that they've generated. Because some of them are angels, right? But then others of us who are going through an extremely hard life are in agreement with that, have chosen to learn through suffering, to learn through fear, and maybe have had lifetimes of extreme wealth or extreme um, extreme connection with oneness or source. Maybe have made a mistake and have come back to learn again in a new way. And so when you look at someone, try to see them with that soft sight that the the Christ eyes as you could as you could call it, where Jesus looks at a leper, someone who might be extremely, in in so much pain or an extreme trauma and sees them as their divine self beyond all of that external energy. Mm -hmm. And if we can do that, we actually are calling into being a new and more beautiful world that's in alignment with source because that, what we see and what we, as a witness, as an observer, you are actually affecting what it is that you are looking upon, right? Mm -hmm. The beauty is in the eye of the beholder is, is the the age old saying. And so that's what we're here to do and we're, we are doing it. and And I see, when you see someone in their highest light, they actually are so taken aback by it because they're not used to being seen for themselves. And then they can step into that new sense of divine, of divinity. And so I've seen it time and time again, it's like, maybe a flower that's not growing the best in the garden or that's struggling. If you give it some water, you give it some love and you sing to it or whatever it is, it's going to perk up and it's going to come back and it's going to blossom. And and when it blossoms, then the bees can come and pollinate. They can take that pollen and share with other, with other people. So I almost see us like that. We're kind of like the, the pollinators or the nurturers of these these living beings that are just having a hard time, and it's okay to have a hard time. <laughs> right.
2: You know, speaking of, sorry, Courtney, I just keep jumping in. Um, I just think so interested. <laughs> You're, You're fine. You, I know, love so it. I have several questions. Okay. Yes. Um, yes. I it, when you said hard time, so one time uh, I was passing someone who, in the 3D on the outside perspective, was having a uh, more than likely having a schizophrenic episode. But what mm. I instantly saw this person. Is it looks like they were caught in between two dimensions? Is what mm. I lo- is what I saw them exactly, and mm-hmm. it made me incredibly sad because I I instantly was like, oh, they're caught between two dimensions. That's what's going on right there. Mm. But you know the the maybe the three D um like representation of that mm-hmm. looks like a schizophrenic episode. But mm. yeah, it, I just. Um, I don't know what made me think of that. When you were talking about Mm -hmm. seeing people in their light, that was just um, what I saw that person.
1: That is extremely difficult because the other aspect is... I'm sorry to
0: interrupt you, but there's literally, there's a bee flying right here. I don't know if you guys can see it. You were just talking about being (laughs) the pollinators. There's a bee flying around my head right now. That's like synchronicity, confirmation. I love it.
1: That's it. That that (laughs) is it. That's, how, that's totally how it happens. And even that bumblebee, that could have been someone from past lifetimes who wanted to be more in tune with the flowers and with the air mm-hmm. and with, with life. And I would love to be a bee. That would be so fun. <laughs> know,
2: I want to be my dog. Not to you sound, want to sound be crazy.
1: Your dog.
0: Yeah, but but, They live a great life. Uh, <laughs> we. So I was on a flight uh, two days ago. And I had a conversation. People are going to think I'm crazy, but whatever. I had a conversation with some clouds, actually. And the clouds told me that everything that has been created has also been embodied. Therefore, we have been clouds. We have been animals. We have been everything. (laughs) Everything because we've created all things and we have embodied all things. And that Mm. was just mind-blowing for me because I'd never Mm. thought about it that way. But it was also Mm -hmm. really funny that I was told this by a cloud.
3: (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, know what? It sounds
0: very
2: crazy. (laughs) But you know what? It's so great. So um, uh, Courtney's boyfriend, Jesse, he said to me one time, Uh, about every tree having an individual consciousness and i was talking about how it upset me because they were cutting down like a neighbor's tree or something and when he said that it sent me on like an entire day spiral of thinking about all the consciousnesses dying with all the trees that we cut down it was not a good day like i was spiraling on
0: that one thing that he said to me about that
1: (laughs) oh my (laughs) gosh wow yeah i feel like we
0: probably you know we've Wanted to experience all of these things, all of these entities, you know, we've probably been.
2: Oh my God,
0: I know. one, (laughs) I think it was. (laughs) But yeah, so I believe that everything is a living, breathing entity. Everything is Mm -hmm. energy, right? And Mm -hmm. um, I feel like Mm -hmm. we've, we've probably wanted to experience. Everything.
1: Mm-hmm. and are probably you familiar, have. are you familiar with the, the idea of the bodhisattva in, in
0: um, i'm not in
1: in yeah so bodhisattva is a term that mm-hmm. describes a lot of us honestly it's a being that has achieved enlightenment or awareness of itself has oneness with source but can also achieve nirvana, which is to ascend, right? To make it to that next stream of consciousness and be again at one with the creator and leave this physical plane, but has chosen to stay and chosen to be here to continue this mission of helping everyone achieve nirvana and will not stop until that goal is reached. So that means we're gonna keep coming back. We're gonna keep helping. We are going to keep being of service and This is what the guides tell me, okay? This is a little bit of a a, a prophecy, I guess you could say. Um, Are you all familiar with Paul Selig? Is anyone here familiar with Paul?
0: So Paul
1: is a conscious channel. He's like a radio. And the energy that comes through him is us at a higher level of consciousness, at the next octave where we're all going. And the guides have channeled now through him These are unedited transcripts. They changed maybe one or two words that they might have mistaken in the typing up of the words, right? These are stream of consciousness lessons from a level of consciousness that you can call the upper room. And this is where we all go into the etheric plane to learn and to study um, outside of waking consciousness. Now, what the guides have said is that we are the first of four generations. it's going to take to achieve christ consciousness on the physical plane and that that a friend of mine who shared this said that it'll take till about 2100 for this to fully be seen through and that's kind of the ascension timeline that's going on and what that requires is for us to be available to light to let go of our expectations for When this is going to happen or that it's going to happen during our lifetime, we obviously know that it won't, not fully at least. But what we are a part of right now is the foundationary steps of a much grander divine plan. And if we say yes to it and if we're available to it, then we become that light that shines in darkness. And we allow that which is hiding or that doesn't want to be seen to be seen and to be alchemized and transformed into its higher vibrational form. And so I feel called to read some of this book to you, to everyone. This is um, Alchemy and it is the, the second book of the third trilogy of all of these texts. So if anyone out there wants higher dimensional knowledge from your divine self, then go and check out Paul Selig's work. This is what has stuck with me throughout my whole journey. I have read so many texts. I have a collection of all of these really divine spiritual texts from all different spiritual paths. And these ones have really stuck with me because it is not written by human beings. And I'm just so thankful for all of our, all of our soulmates, all of our, um, all of our divine selves for guiding us to where we are right now and giving us the opportunity to be a part of this beautiful, beautiful adventure. That's what this feels like to me. You know, we are part of this this amazing adventure and there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and fear at times, but when the mind wants to focus on what is not known, we have to change our intention to focus on what is right now because everything that we need to know is right now is right here and so what i want to read to you is from the chapter from alchemy called the resurrected self and so here's how it begins when the light exists in the shadowed room the room becomes brilliant in that brilliance the first thing you will see is that is that which has been excluded from the light that will seek to scamper up the walls and through the cracks to save itself its small identity from the vibrancy that has been brought. To realize the divine self is to expose what has been hidden and what the shadow has held. Well, I have a shadow self, don't I? He inquires. That is appropriated language. The idea of shadow self as understood today are those aspects of self that are claimed in shadow and in fact, cherished there. We don't cherish the shadow. We illumine the shadow, and you can't illumine the shadow when the shadow is judged. Do you understand? Nothing is lifted to the upper room when it is damned, when it is in darkness, or when you wish to pet it like a dark fiended friend. (laughs) I will protect you, my lass, from the horrifying light that would take us from each other. Anything brought to the light is brought anew. Anything claimed in the light is resurrected to the high octave. Any aspect of you in knowing that is reclaimed as of God is now your ally. And what you thought was enemy is now cherished love. To lift the world to the light that you are is not only to know what you are, but to disclaim the shadow by presence of being. And the I that claims I have come announces the purging of the shadow to divine light.
2: Daniel, that was absolutely mm. beautiful. Wow. So uh, I, I don't think we can say anything after that. Where <laughs> right? Where can people find you, Daniel?
1: Yes. So people can find me on Instagram is my primary mode of sharing on social media. And I have three channels that I would like to share. One is my main channel for my earthly self, my musical self, which is at Daniel Fresco. d-a-n-i-e-l-f-r-e-s-c-o and then the second one is the original intelligence page which is at the original intelligence and then the fun one that i just started is actually my photography channel which i'm just stepping into capturing imagery and sharing vibration through that which is going to be al fresco photography so (laughs) al fresco photography and i feel like Thanks. (laughs) that's cute. Yeah, I love it. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. So I'm finding all of these really cool sides of me. And the part that I want to end off our conversation with after that reading, which is that we're all Jedi, right? So I'm a big Star Wars fan. I love Star Wars. And we didn't get to talk as much about higher dimensional beings or ETs on this, this conversation. There will be more. But we'll have are, to we have are,
0: you back on for that one. Yeah. We, we would will definitely
1: do a deep dive on that because that's yeah. very much, it, it's connected, but it's very much unique in its own sense. And the reason why the Jedi is so important is because they are warrior monks, essentially. They have the ability to be skilled in their abilities to, to fight against darkness, but they are also highly aware, peaceful, loving beings. And so my lightsaber for this lifetime is the flute. So this is my flute. This is a Shakuhachi Japanese flute that I, I play uh, for those homeless people that I meet for other people and I do sound healing work. So I would like to end off by playing let, for y'all.
2: Okay we would let me say our Instagram handles because after that beautiful music we should just we should say no words after that.
1: I so like we, it I like it you,
2: uh, you can find me at Britwich Alien, Sitch, and you can find uh, Astrochat at astralchat. And uh, listen to my other podcast, The Macadoodle
0: Half Hour,
1: mm-hmm. from
0: Courtney. And then right. I'm just Courtney and Savannah on Instagram.
1: Beautiful. This has been Perfect. so incredible. I'm so happy to have met you, Britt, and to be in this wonderful dialogue and conversation that is ongoing. We can talk all day and all night. And I look forward to doing more of that. So I want to end off by doing a little meditation. We're going to do a little original intelligence meditation. So if you're listening, I would love for you to get into a place of receiving. You can close your eyes. You can bring your attention to your breath. And I'm going to do a little vibration and play some flute. And we will close our time together. Everyone be well. And we will talk very soon. if you want to you can do a little ohm with me oh. is our time. This is our opportunity to continue forward on this journey, to have fun in the process, smile, to laugh, even through the challenges, because everything that comes our way is, is a chance, a moment that is presented to us in resonance with our our truth. And our light. And it is my absolute gift to see each and every one of you. In that moment of surrender and serenity. And that every breath that we take together, we are thankful for. We are in gratitude for and we are so, so in wonder, in wonder at the fact that we're here right now. We, there's, I mean, what are the chances that we are here right now with this opportunity to call into our lives that love, those relationships, those friends that are here to have our back, to have hard conversations to learn from, And so as we breathe together and I play this flute. Ask your guides, ask your ancestors, ask. That which cannot be described, what what do I need to learn today? What may I be present for? What may I be available to in vibration? And how can I enact the highest level of my spiritual abilities that may be held? in this embodiment.
3: I'm gonna ring the bell
1: three times. And with each one, I want you to take a breath and let all the energy that you have within you to expand into the limitlessness of all that can be and all that is, and all your dreams can come true, and that all of us are always, always, always together in spirit. Breathe in one. two, and three, and hold in all that love, all that appreciation, and that gratitude, and then send it out. (sighs) Congratulations. You did it. (laughs) So thankful for this.
2: Thank
3: you. I know we weren't going to
1: talk, but I can't close out without just saying a profound thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. much.
0: Thank you you so much for being here. We love you. This has been awesome. Thank you so, so much.
1: We would Um, love to have you
2: on again anytime you're available. This was amazing. Yes, we absolutely. will do
1: it. We can do a series. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll build out some some episodes and because I think everybody is going to benefit so much from it. And I want to just invigorate you to keep doing your mission and to keep sharing this sacred truth. And there is so much more to come. And I can't wait to partake of it with you. Thank you, everyone. And Have a wonderful rest of your day and your weekend. Thank you. You're beautiful. All right. Uh, thank you. Mwah. See you soon. Thank
3: you, Daniel.